Hello again and welcome back to Overly Medicated, a euphoric podcast based on HBO's Euphoria television series. I am Justin. I'm here, not in person this week, unfortunately, but I, we are back to the regular format with my good friend, Mark Cameron. What's going on, man? Doing well. How are you? I'm all right, man. We're, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're a week uh, removed from a hellacious weekend and a hellacious episode of Euphoria, but we are back again. Have you recovered from L.A. yet, sir? I have. I have. We watched Euphoria, took care of episode four of Euphoria with everybody in the building, everybody giving their opinions on what had happened last week at the carnival. I couldn't click on HBO Go at 10 o'clock with the big I, – I, I, I never clicked on HBO Go so fast as I yeah. did um, tonight. I had the biggest smile on my face getting ready to watch episode five. So as much as I missed L.A., I was very ready for what's going down tonight. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and I mean, before we even get into this, uh, I wouldn't even say explosive. I'd say more meditative episode, more, more, more building episode in a, in a different way of Euphoria. I want to thank everybody, including our, uh, our extra special guests, Jeff, Cliff and Cyrus, last week for joining us on Overly Medicated, one of our biggest episodes yet, man. I, I, I want to thank everyone for the support and everybody who has just been week by week. We've been growing in listeners uh, for this show, and it, it feels good, man, that everyone wants to hear us talk about this, man. It, it feels great. Yes, definitely. I feel like Euphoria is is starting to catch on with a lot of people who have not um, tuned in from the pilot episode. And now that all of the um, social media is getting hotter, you're starting to see it more often throughout a ton of time. Um, if you have HBO, of course, you're starting to see it a lot more often now that we are in the second half of season one. So I feel like a lot of the talk is um, being very useful. And I feel like a lot of people are now tuning into what is going to happen with euphoria just based on all the conversation that's been having, uh, that has been happening. And I'm glad that we're part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I mean, without further ado, let's get right into Oh three Bonnie and Clyde. Were you a fan of this song? Jay-Z. Um, 2002 Jay-Z Beyonce. Bonnie. I was, I, I, I think I, I was like 12 years old. Yeah. I, when I saw this 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 episode title, I chuckled because I was like, uh, <laughs> what a song to make us remember. The most random Jay-Z song to make us remember. And I don't think this episode was going to be as happy as O3 Bunny and Clyde looked uh, when no. it debuted. When I, when I watched O3 Bunny, I thought I'd say I, it, I want to say it debuted TRL, maybe? Yeah, maybe TRL. I watched it TRL. Or 106 in part, one of the two. So you know, I knew I knew for a fact that this episode was not going to be um, as happy as Jay Z and Beyonce were in 2002. Yes, no flamenco guitar at all. Uh, no, 
uh, as we always do on Over the Medicated, we talk about all of these stories within the show as a thread. As you already know, uh, all the characters in Euphoria they do intersect with one another. Uh, this episode, more than more than a lot of them, uh, they do all intersect and uh, talk to each other in some way, shape, or form. Um, we start with the least significant of the episode all the way up to the main event, which uh, usually has to do with Rue or Jewel. So uh, obviously, of course, uh, we're going to continue that. Well, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the, uh, I guess, the least important. I mean, they literally got like three minutes here. Uh, this episode, Cassie and McKay. Now, last episode, episode uh, four of Euphoria, um, they did not end out on, on, a, on a good foot. Uh, you Very bad note. You had McKay basically saying, hey, uh, you're not really my girlfriend. <laughs> and, you know, you need to back off with, with, with the fuck shit. And uh, Cassie wasn't having it. And they she she did Molly hooked up with a sh- complete stranger or not even a stranger, but a, but a guy that goes to school with them. We find out who he is in this episode. Uh, and it kind of, you know, they're, they're not on shaky ground, but they kind of rebound on this episode in a very, very quick way. Um, I have to say, and this is before we talk about episode six in any type of capacity, um, not a big fan of the storyline, I have to say. I need to have an honest, I, ha- I need to have an honest conversation about McKay. Okay. Top three green every week. <laughs> this has not changed at all this past week. I left episode four almost like a cliffhanger. Like you, you get the conversation between Cassie and McKay. Yep. Uh, of what they had to deal with at the carnival, especially with McKay's uh, internal thoughts that he now says out loud to Cassie. He doesn't really go into much detail about it, even though she asks him, what are you talking about when you say it's not like everybody's not aware? And we're yeah. just left with that. McKay just kind of dips. Uh, I want to say he just fucking goes home because he didn't do shit else after the carnival right. while Cassie dealt with everything else that came with that. So I expected episode five to have a little bit more in depth of McKay's apology. And it didn't really go that way. We saw Cassie and McKay in the beginning uh, of this episode, as far as those two being on screen, when it came to um, Cassie's conversation that I am a little bit cautious about because she's spreading this shit a little bit too much about uh, (laughs) Nate's, (laughs) Nate's photos that she has that he has in his phone. Yes, and in the 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 larger you know in the, in the larger sense of the whole episode, it is a Maddie episode. Let's just be clear here. Uh, she dominates this episode. I think I I counted at least over twenty to twenty five minutes of her mm-hmm. uh, this episode, and uh, you know of course this is, we're dealing with the blowback of her being choked out by Nate last episode, and uh, I, I guess Cassie just kind of pops up and says you know. She, you know, she's talking to McKay. McKay's saying, you know, I heard about what happened to Nate. That shit's fucked up. And then she says she found dick pics in his phone. And then it flashes to basically Maddie's, de- you know, basically debunking the dick pic story. Never happened. If you talk about it, I'm going to fuck you up. And then that's that's what it is from there. Like, I thought that was I, fucking hilarious. <laughs> how, how did you feel about, about that? Like, it, it, like, Maddie does a lot of, she goes to a lot of character up and downs in this episode. We've seen it. We see her in a, in a place that she's never been in the five, five episodes we've known her. Yeah, we've seen a lot of her youth in the very beginning. Um, a lot of things that explained her mindset and 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 how she th- thinks of things and approaches relationships, uh, approaches friendships in general as well. But I feel like a lot of what had happened in episode five really threw her in a downward spiral. Um, it really 
attests to, in, in, in my opinion, it really attests to um, being in that type of youth and you think you have so much power and so much control over certain situations. And in many scenarios, uh, especially in the relationship with Nate that we see a lot in this episode, um, she does have that power and she yeah. does have that control. But sometimes when reality hits you, your personas and what you think you are as a person get truly tested. And in this episode, Maddie, very, very tested after all the scenarios that happened. Um, a lot of people that she considered friends, all of a sudden that is out the window. As you can see, Cassie's yeah. spreading this shit a little bit too much and she's saying she's going to fuck her up if yeah. she continues to spread it. Um, yeah, and we'll, and we'll get, many other things. And we'll get to another one of her friends who also uh, pretty much shows their true colors in this episode as well. Yeah. Uh, but back to Cassie and McKay, they, he ends up apologizing uh, and they forgive each other. And that is pretty much their arc for this episode. I, I mean, not much to get. Well, well at the end, they're, they're, they do... Uh, play a pivotal role in uh, bringing Maddie and Nate back together. But other than that, it's pretty much that that's it. And on top of that, is it really like that was one of the weakest apologies that I could have expected after it was so far. It's like a one line and Cassie goes into this situation with McKay and says, it kind of feels like you're not very proud to be my girlfriend at all. And Cassie, 100% telling the truth. He's like, oh, come on. Come on, buddy. What are we doing? What are we talking about here? Come on. You know I love you, bud. Come on. Like, come on. Hey, hey, give it, hey, hey, hey. Give me a little yeah, kiss. He, just, he, a little he, kiss. He, he knows what's up. He knows what's up. And I mean, again, I'm not a big fan of this, this episode, but what we do know uh, from episode six it will be strangely enough a McKay episode, but I, I was kind of like confused about it. But I, then I remember that Algie Smith uh, is one of the, I'd have to say like the third, second or third most tenured cast member on the show. He's been in a lot of different movies. He is a big signing for this show. So it does make sense why he'd have his own episode. Uh, so we'll get to see the McKay story uh, next episode and kind of see how that kind of uh, structures around the Cassie storyline. Hopefully it gets, it gets you know, spread out or it gets kind of fleshed out a little bit. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the storyline. I haven't been for the past five episodes. It has just been kind of annoying to me. So we'll, I guess we'll see a, a little bit of his uh, college days uh, next episode. And we're going to have to address the situation that happens between a very brief situation, of course, between Cassie and Daniel that had happened in school at the time. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I completely almost forgot about that. Daniel does see Cassie, tries to kiss her, uh, of course, Cassie was on Molly in the last episode, and this leads her to say, you know, like, you know, I was pretty much fucked up. Like, I have a boyfriend. I'm not trying to go any deeper with this relationship. And Daniel, uh, I believe Daniel will come up again. I, I do think so. It, it's clear he's he's back for another episode. It's going to come up. It's, she, he's going to find out. Exactly. Like, she, she, she embraces the kiss, and that was the one thing that had me like, oh, shit. But then yeah. she kind of reeled things back and, and, and let him know very well much so that she has a boyfriend so that uh immediately showed the connection before of course the apology later on in the episode but the fact that she was a little bit um into it what's the exactly very very uh easy to get coerced by that one little one line from daniel that says all right if i uh don't tell anybody will you hang out with me one more time uh, what do you know what do you think <laughs> and then she just smiles and kind of like waves it off but Clearly, there is a little bit of interest there that I'd like to see where they go with that. 
it's the age difference, man. I just think that's going to be a big thing there too. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both very mature. I think McKay, even though he is in college, super mature. Cassie, in a lot of ways, needs to live her own life. So uh, we'll see. Next thread this episode, Cat. She is still green. <laughs> she She's not as uh, you know what she did. She was doing better last week. It's green this week. Yeah, it's pretty green, green this week. <laughs> So uh, still we, robbing niggas blind. <laughs> Doesn't give a single damn about Ethan at all. I've, I actually felt bad for Ethan this episode. We'll see. Well, you know, we pick up with Kat uh, essentially kind of going through her thought process as to why she did what she did at the carnival uh, the week before. Again, this episode is all blowback uh, from episode four. And she just imagined that, you know, she was the power that she had from having sex with Luke. Uh, in, in the carnival, we finally get confirmation that he did not shoot the club up. So I'm, I'm glad about that. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, but we, he was not. Still, still went raw. Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad, bad idea, but you know. Super bad idea. Does not know him. He does not know her. But uh, that's a good confirmation. I, I, I do care about her well-being. Um, but uh, Nate does come to class and says, you know, I sent you a bunch of texts. Did you see them? She says no. He says, but it said deliver, which is funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, hey, hey, I, I, I try to hear this shit right now. Hey, hey, we're, we're, we're in class. We're in class right now. I'm not trying to hear this shit. So, I mean, Kat's still in her hot girl summer shit completely. But the thing is, you still see Kat's hurt. You know, it, it is clear that all she has to do is say what was up with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she can, you know, she just won't. And uh, this leads her again to essentially live her truth. Like she's now found that she does not give a fuck and her not giving a fuck gives her the power to protect herself from people who have hurt her in the past. And I think that is a great arc, even though she is very green. Uh, that is a great arc for her to have. And uh, it continues throughout the, the story when she does eventually meet up with the clothing store guy that she had fantasized about uh, two episodes ago. And uh, they have a interesting encounter. Mark, how do you feel about that? Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. And the one thing that I want to give props on immediately is the uh, very good uh, shooting that they did of that in the mall when it came to the Billie Eilish um, yeah. use of using Jimmy in a crown as she, she explains. Yeah, yeah. Billy's, Billy's getting cash. Billy's getting checks right now. So shout out to Billy. Um, but uh, just, just pairing that up with how Kat is viewing herself as of recent. As you had said, there's still a little bit of vulnerability um, that I feel that Kat has as far as her image of herself. Yeah. Um, you saw it in her uh, little area of her story when she um, had all of these fans that would hype her up and, and, and let her know how beautiful she is and so on and so forth. And she would kind of like sway it away and say thank you, but not 100% believe it herself. But as of right now, she's finding the strength in herself as she grows more into her sexuality, of course, with her encounters as well. Really love the scene in the mall and uh, the quote itself of nothing being more powerful than a fat girl who doesn't give a fuck. I thought that paired with uh, the Billie Eilish song was something that was very, very good in showing the fact that Kat is growing a lot more as far as self-confidence. Absolutely. Uh, As far as her, you know, her run in with the guy who worked at the clothing store, she's basically like, you know, he's trying to have a deep conversation with this is the opposite of essentially Cassie and McKay here where mm-hmm. he wants to have a deep conversation and she just, well, actually, no, I wouldn't even say it's the opposite. It's exactly the same type of deal. 
Yeah, it was a certain type of point with, with, with McKay and Cassie when he wanted to vent and um, she felt like the best way to make things better as far as McKay's frustration in college football was um, to have sex, essentially. And in this case, um, you have the guy up from the store that um, is trying to get a little bit of information from Kat as far as where her mind is and, and, and what she wants to do. He tells a little bit about himself and what he has planned for the future. And Kat is just, uh, well, you know, if you want to just uh, hook up real quick, we can do that. And yeah. he uh, is kind of taken aback. He's like, uh, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> at first it was Wahoo, but then he's like, uh, I didn't really expect that. I kind of, I kind of wanted to, you know, uh, have a little bit more conversation. Uh, but she just cuts that off. Wants yeah. to get rid of the small talk, get rid of the bullshit. We're clearly hanging out for a specific reason. Let's get down to that right now. And uh, they uh, essentially. <laughs> She gives him oral sex. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's they because there was a lot of cat and uh, a lot yeah. less of him. Yeah, I, you know, we text, me and Mark text back and forth when we watch the show. And I said, wow, 40 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, wow, you're being generous. That was a good, that was a good 16. I, I, yeah. I, I want to say that was a good 16 seconds. Well, clearly, uh, very short. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish with the way that we could just like count. There was a way we could just like count the seconds because it was just like two moans. You hear a little bit of sound, and then she just looks up like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, and then she walks out and she feels uh, empowered again. Again, yeah. completely in power, and yeah. that has been the theme throughout um, these encounters. She's slow, she's slowly. Well, I won't even say slowly because as of recent, it's been happening time and time again. She's realizing that um, it's very easy to uh what is the best way to take advantage um I, well there is a there's a certain point of taking advantage but it's just the fact that men's minds are so easy to manipulate in certain situations right. sexual and non-sexual because of course you have the situations that she had last week at the carnival uh this week in the car but you also have the scenarios where um she discussed the sex tape leak with the twins and was like, Hey, I'm going to go to the cops. If you don't go to Mac and cop a couple hundred dollars worth of, um, makeup. So yeah. there's, there's, there's many different ways that cat is starting to realize certain things about men, straight, sexual and non-sexual straight jugging, straight jugging. Uh, yeah. It's still, it's still jug season for cat. And so, I mean, even you see the, you see, uh, you see, uh, her, her online, <laughs> her online uh lover then yeah as well and she even says like hey i need i need a new waist uh whatever it is and it's just like hey like i need it i need it today <laughs> exactly like she feels she feels comfortable for one venting uh to him about uh how she has felt for the past a few days few weeks and then specifically says hey i have something on my amazon wish list if you want to come Cop this for me. And he's like, oh, yes, can queen anything that you want. And I'm like, oh, dear God. Yeah, he's still doing that shit. Uh, <laughs> um, next right. Uh, very, I'd say that Rue and Jules had a pretty, I, I wouldn't say that was the main event in this episode, would you? Um, I mean, it, ends up- it, intertwi- it intertwines, but I, I'd say that Nate and Maddie were like the. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it, it it mainly ends up just being main event, just it being the final scene that you see in the episode. But as far as their story, um, compared to how it was last week in episode four, there were a lot more things that intertwined in that story. So, yeah, I'd say that's accurate. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'll get with Rue because uh, we see Rue in the in the first time you see her in the episode, getting it popping on herself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we start with this. We there's 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 two there's two main things that I made sure that we need to talk about on this. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's let's talk about the first one. Okay. One. In the beginning of the scene, I kind of assumed that Jules was underneath the sheets. And oh, I was boy. like, please tell me <laughs> Rue is not graphic. getting ahead right now. That's too graphic. That's too graphic. Okay, okay, okay. That, that, that's one. Two oh, being... No, you know what? That's not, you know what? That's not too graphic. What, this, is, this is the show that fucking had a dick episode. Oh, there was actually a dick in this episode also. Oh, yes. For, <laughs> for the warning this week, there's just one. It's just one. It's just one. It's not too bad, but we're going to let you know as a fair warning. We should really do the fair warnings at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> at the beginning of the, and just have a counter <laughs> just for there everybody. Is indeed a dick. <laughs> uh, but but as far as, as far as number two, um, there's some imagery that we have talked about in overly medicated for the past few weeks of how Rue views Jules. Right. And we leave the end of episode four um, with Jules and Nate and their encounter. Jules obviously feels horrible about what had just happened in her conversation with Nate. She goes to Rue's window, asked to sleep over, they kiss, she sleeps over, so on and so forth. And, you start seeing Rue state at the beginning once you see her that um, fentanyl was probably the best thing that I have ever felt, mm-hmm. and Jules is more than likely top two. Yeah. So and I so, said, "Oh no!" I immediately texted you and said, "This is not going to end good." <laughs> exactly. Like we we have discussed the fact that Jules is pretty much a separate drug for Rue, and now we see it pretty much confirmed yep. as she is masturbating in her bed. I've been saying and, this for weeks and I said, yes, this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really going to be bad for Rue and Jules if things end up not going in Rue's favor. And from what we have seen, just based on how enamored Rue is with everything that Jules does, um, it's more than likely going to happen that way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a large part of Rue's storyline uh, this episode in her thread, not too much Rue this week, I must say. But there are a couple of big things that we do learn. Um, her mom knows. Well, other mm-hmm. than other than uh, other than us finally confirming that Jules is her coping mechanism, uh, her mom knows about Jules, and she's completely okay with it. And this is going to be juxtaposed with how Jules's father feels about this a little bit later in the episode. Uh, and she tells her mom things are going slow, and they both proceed to get tattoos. The rule. Remember, we said last week we didn't know if there was going to be their 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 ship name is going to be uh, Jew. It was either going to be rules or Jew or Jew. And, and I said, rules. please don't let it be Jew. But it, we call rules. We call I'd like rules. to give a nice little golf clap. We call Thank rule. Thank you. And they get matching tattoos of it by Ashtray, of course. Uh, and I said, oh, bad idea. So many bad ideas happening right now. <laughs> We're going up the ladder of bad ideas. Uh, we also learned that uh, Rue does tell the truth at her uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting about her lying about being clean. But she's also using Jules as the uh, kind of like the, the idol here for her doing so. And Ali says, you know, what if she moves away? <laughs> what if something happens? Are you going to slip back into addiction again? And again, Rue is being completely irrational here and ignoring all the signs. I mean, Ali has been warning her since the beginning to let this relationship not not just go, but let this relationship be just a friendship. 
and she's not listening to it at all. H- how do you feel about just the string of bad decisions that Rue has been making this episode? Um, a lot of irrational thoughts and irrational uh, things that were said by Rue uh, this past week. I feel like the reaction to what Ali had said, especially when his quote, when he said that nothing in high school uh, lasts forever. Um, I understand that it's kind of hard to tell that to a 17 year old who is currently in high school and more than likely they're not going to want to hear that shit. So I, I I kind of understand in that regard, but when it came to the uh, narcotics anonymous meeting, when she stated that um, everything that she had said when she had Um, received her 30-day, her 60-day, her 90-day coins. All of that was a lie. I feel like that was something that needed to be very said. I expected a little bit uh, more of a reaction from those that were in the audience. It looked like none of them really gave a shit outside of uh, Ali, but Mm -hmm. uh, it it really was important for Rue to say that. The one point of that that made it really interesting to me, however, was the fact that she gave so much props to meeting somebody yeah. that had helped her with that situation and now she is 13 days clean when uh in reality i don't know if this is me being green uh, it, it might it might land me being green in this top in this in this week but um it was kind of an ultimatum as opposed to her really helping per se yeah it, it really in in jules again we'll talk about this in a second if she she will rue so to speak the day that she actually said that to her because she she believed it and listened to it a lot more than she thought she did. And uh, it's getting thick. It's getting deep there. Um, one other thing about Rue this week. Remember, we've been asking for this for literally four weeks now. We got Lexi. We got a lot of Lexi this episode. Oh, thank God. I was, we got I was a so, lot of Lexi. I was so happy to see some quality A1 Lexi this week. And we, and you know, and listen. We're giving we're giving Lexi a lot of shit, but that's literally because we we do not see her. But now we're starting to see a thread here with Lexi, and the and the looks that she gave uh, Gia last week and Rue, so to speak, last week aren't just uh, we're not just speculating here. I think we can confirm that there's definitely something going on with Lexi and Rue, and we learn more about it when uh, Jules basically asks Rue. Well, first off, before we even get there. <laughs> we have to discuss how this even discuss, came up for Lexi in the first place. We have to discuss something here. Okay, shout, shout out to Lexi. Hold on one second. We're just going to put her over to the side real quick. Why is Rue asking Jules about body count? Listen, <laughs> Rue became, Rue became hashtag fellas. She became hashtag fellas. Hashtag <laughs> sappy, hashtag fellas. She's, she, yeah, she's, on, she's on Twitter a little too heavy. She's on uh, Twitter a little too heavy. Jules refused. I mean, uh, shout out to my, that nigga Jules, as Mark says. <laughs> Bro, Jules held it. I am. I am ready to, to. Jules held it down so clean throughout this entire episode. Yeah, I. I have to uh, commend her because anybody would have folded. <laughs> yeah, like for even 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 from the beginning to have to get that type of praise at the very beginning of the episode from Rue already. Yeah, big props. Yeah, another scenario that we're going to talk about later in the episode. More big props, but to hold the conversation down of Rue's awkward, just like, hey, um, so how many one night stands have you had? She's like, um, a couple, um, more than five bodies, and she's like, uh, yeah, maybe. He's like, uh, how about uh, ten bodies? And then she's like, all right, all right, all right, this combo's over. All right, this combo's over. You can get this shit for me. 
Then she flipped the script on Rue and said, well, how many have you had? And yeah, then, and then Rue goes into like a movie. <laughs> Rue gave what? Like four hand jobs in middle school. <laughs> Two blow jobs. Two blow jobs. Oh, man. It, I, I think it's safe to say that Rue kind of is gay, right? We could say that, right? Um... For the most part, uh, when she uh, when 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 she started this conversation, I said to myself, and you said to yourself as well, "Oh no, she's a virgin. This is not going to be uh, a quality conversation to have with Jules right now. She's really just end it." But she goes into detail about when she was what fifteen years old, and she yeah. had the one sexual encounter that was completely miserable. Of oh, two zannies um, and a beer. <laughs> yeah, two zannies and a beer. She she completely says her face is very uh, stern. As the guy that she is dealing with right now is 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 very is much more into it than she is. Uh, one thing that I'd also like to know: Why is he butt naked and she has her hoodie on? That was one thing that but I was because, very curious about. Because Zendaya's family has to protect the brand. There's no way you're about to see her naked on this show at all. <laughs> I, I just I was just I was just very very curious about the hoodie. That you're not see. gonna see. You're not gonna see the. We're not even see a collarbone. We're not even gonna see a collarbone from from Zendaya this season. But, Absolutely not. Um, she didn't like it. She didn't like it. The other guy was way more into it than she was, and she also made a little bit of a footnote of her and Lexi. Uh, something that she did not mentioned in the first four episodes at all uh she had taught lexi a little something about french kissing when it came to lexi's what prom dance it, it was like a it was like a junior social or something not a junior, like it's like a like a social or something like that a, a dance and lexi's face if you could wahoo was just like whoo was that, was that good for you as it was for me and uh rue was like uh i guess i guess so it was cool so we're kind of seeing a, a bout of unrequited love here on a lot of sides. I think yeah. this love square has now added another, <laughs> another you know side to it now because now piece. yeah another piece that you can add Lexi into this. Uh, and is eventually toward the end of the episode, Rue does apologize to Lexi for being such a shitty friend. They all go out skating, uh, and Lexi looks at Jules and says, "You know, this is because of you." And this leads us right into Jules. If that's a great segue for you, Mark. Jules, another another very very good week from Jules. The before, one, before we, actually, before we get to Jules, how do you feel about Lexi, and how do you feel about her being put into the story here in the second half? Oh, uh, I think I, I think it explains a lot of things. I feel like the conversation that they had in the bathroom is now a little bit even more heightened because Rue pretty much snapped on Lexi in an area where she wanted to uh, get high a little bit after her anxiety attack, and Lexi just wanted to make sure that she was okay. And Rue pretty much snapped, and Lexi felt very very bad. And from there, we haven't really seen too much of Lexi at all. So I started to realize that wow, this is uh, a shitty way to treat your friend. But now it's a little bit more than just being a friend. You you uh, have had this situation with her that is a little bit more than what normal friends would do. And I feel like that explains a lot from what we had thought last week at the carnival. Last week at the carnival, when it came to Lexi and her learning from Gia that uh, Rue has very strong feelings for uh, Jules. You see her going through her cell phone and I'm like, oh, God, who is who is Lexi about to tell? She's about to spread this and make this a little bit more than it needs to be. But it actually wasn't the case. Uh, she might have just been killing time uh, and, and, and trying to get away from the scenario. 
Yeah, she didn't want to hear it. She went straight to Instagram. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know how it is when you open up a, open up a couple of stories. You're just trying to kill anything that's going on right now. You just try not to cry. You're just like, yeah, I got to open up a couple of stories. Damn, yeah, Megan Thee Stallion doing that this week? That's crazy. Yeah, Megan is a damn fever movie? Oh, shit. Man, this is... <laughs> This is crazy. Let me let me walk off a little bit. So I, I feel a little bit wait and see on Lexi. I don't I feel it's a little bit shoehorned. I'm glad that Maud Apatow is on the show finally because she's mm-hmm. again second build and she's barely on the show. But yeah. uh I, I'm I don't want it to feel too shoehorned in. I would like it to be a little more organic. I also I don't know if I love the idea that if Rue doesn't get jewels in the end, she has Lexi to fall back on. I don't like that idea. I, th- I think that it's kind of it would be kind of corny if those two ended up together. Honestly, and I, and I well, I don't think Rue likes that idea either. But depending uh, d- depending on how she really views these relationships, when it comes to relationships and uh, viewing these things as an alternate to something that she's trying to stay clean on, um, maybe it might end up that way. Maybe Lexi might not be as um, strict about Rue's drug use as. Uh, say Jules has well, been clearly, clearly she isn't she she pees in cups for her that's true very true <laughs> yeah she pees in cups for her but uh yes let's get to Jules for the episode uh, a lot of conflicting feelings for Jules not a lot of her in the episode however um again like there's there's a scene where she's even being questioned by the police and she's it's like very quick you know held in the fuck down as it needs to be (laughs) no singing no telling that's why i say my nigga jules thank you no singing no telling while everybody else in the school is 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 saying everything that happened in the carnival last week then you have bb completely saying that nate's gay and so on and so forth then somebody else snitches and says yeah that's why at the house party uh, a couple weeks ago she fucking uh slit her wrist uh what are you talking about ah you don't know jules and then jules walks in i don't know shit bro yeah don't yeah. have shit no i ain't, I ain't never let my life yeah, yeah i don't know about that shit what are you talking about why am i here again if you get your rag snatch, is Jules snatching rags? Bro, is Jules snatching rags, bro? That would be crazy. Hey, Jules would snatch a snatch a rag, yo. Waka Flocka had nothing, would have nothing to say about it. And on, on top of that, you 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 have the scene where Jules literally says nothing and is not any help to any of the investigation um that happens after Maddie literally fucking passes out in class after she's been treating whoa, herself whoa, whoa. So we're, gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get the, we're gonna get the Maddie. All right, I don't, I don't go too much of that. But um, but a lot so, of so, feelings. Yes. Yes, very much so. I, I I got a little bit worried about Jules uh during the intense scene with Nate and Cal. I feel like that was a something that that literally ended up being a few seconds in between that time but um I get I get worried for Jules in these situations because I feel like that story is not one hundred percent over. Oh no, Nate or Cal as well. Um, well, we're starting to see a little bit of a uh, altruistic side from Cal, where he's finally not being such a selfish dickhead, and uh, he's seeing the error of his ways. And mm-hmm. I, think, I, it's crazy that you got to have sex with the, with a child to figure that out. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, a lot of the episode is. As far as Jules goes, is really centered around her really putting her foot in the sand and saying that she and Jules are not a thing. She has a uh, dinner with her father, who again very different um, sort of circumstances from Rue and her mother, where her mother is kind of 
holding, you know, doing Rue's hair. And Jules's father is kind of just taking her out to eat. You know, it's yeah. like very, very like business-like almost. Very like, you know, formal, you know. Uh, and, and it kind of, kind of goes with their relationship as well. Like a lot of the times you see them, them two, they're eating dinner. You know, like the first time you ever saw him, she was eating. Um, and she basically says, it's not a thing. And he's like, you know, if it is a thing, I'm cool with it. And she's like, nope, it's not a thing. Again, when she talks to Lexi about everything, Lexi says that, uh, you know, it's all because of you. Jules literally walks. <laughs> she's, she's like, she walks out of the roller skating ring, and she's like, she's like "Yeah, I need a minute." Yeah, like I, I can't do this. Do you think that the burden of Rue's problems, you know, Jules didn't sign up for that at all? I feel like it's starting to hit. I feel like it's starting to hit Jules a little bit differently now. Um, between the conversations that she has with Rue, along with the conversations that she has with other people. Um, about Rue as well. You made a very good point of the relationship between uh, Jules and her father compared to Rue and her mother. The relationship between Rue and her mother is something that seems to be a little bit um, improving week by week, just based on the fact that uh, there's still a little bit of hesitation, hesitation of conversation between the two. But Jules and her father are a lot more comfortable with each other in that regard. You see them eating a lot. You see them joking with each other. Uh, her dad has the ability to say things to her, um, and, and and she'll just and she'll, and she'll just laugh about it. She'll be able to joke with him the same way. And the conversation that they had this week um, was a lot of positive affirmation from her dad, uh, stating that she's been such a good influence in Rue's life. For one, for one, just being so supportive of uh, a relationship between her and Rue, if that is what's going on, despite despite the fact that she kind of denies that. But he was very um, focused on letting her know that she was, has been such a good influence in Rue's life. Lexi pretty much does the same and, and, and Jules is able to see it. You can literally see how happy Rue is at that skating rink uh, being 13 days clean and, 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 and going on. And now she is able to enjoy these situations with Jules, with Lexi and actually enjoy what is going on right now. But to see all of it going down in real time is now beginning to hit Jules a little bit differently because now it almost feels like she's responsible for things that she's not 100% ready for at this point in time. She's responsible. She doesn't want to be responsible for getting somebody clean because that's your friend. It's it's something that she didn't ask for. But again, she put herself in that position by saying, I can't be friends with you if you are not clean. Mm -hmm. That is to someone who has an addictive personality, the wrong thing to say, you know, potentially. And I, I think, again, it's like the way that she talks, the way that she is toward, towards Rue, it's like she doesn't really want to have that deep of a conversation. I, I was looking at those scenes like, wow, like this, it, the, it's a burden on her at this point. She just wants to be her friend. I, and you might not, you might probably disagree with me. I do think that she does have feelings for Nate. I'm going to be honest. Um, when I thought about how odd Jules has been acting this past week, um, I felt like it was a combination of, one, the conversations that she has been having with Rue for these past few days. And there was actually one that uh, pretty much pissed me off um, that I will get to in a second. And two, um, just the fact that I think things are starting to really sink in that she is not 100% certain what is is what what she is supposed to be essentially she has talked a lot about what she will well not even really a lot we got a little bit of a preview of it when she was talking with shy guy 118 of course on what she plans to do for school and her future and i feel like that 
is going to start to become something that comes up a lot more because Jules is a little bit uncertain of what is going to happen with that as opposed to what Rue is. And that's where the conversations start getting a little bit odd between her and Rue this past week. She said she wants to move to New York. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, she leaves. Uh, Yeah, I'll just pack up a suitcase and dip. And I'm like, bro, no. Things don't work that way. Yeah. Things don't work that way. And the one thing that the one thing that upset me the most as far as conversation between Rue and Jules, the 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 stare off when they lock eyes between Jules and Nate, and she locks yeah. eyes between herself and Cal, and they walk off. And Rue's just like, Hey, can we talk about um you fucking Nate's dad? And Jules is like, bro, I thought I thought you said we weren't gonna talk about this. Like, yeah. I want you to not talk about this period, even if we fall out in the future. And something happens, please take this to your grave. And in Rue's mentality, it's just like, wait, 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 you think we're actually going to fall out? And she and, and she's not really thinking about the big picture. She's just like, hey, maybe they'll uh, settle and uh, they'll, give, they'll give you a lot of money and we can do some cool things together. And that's just a, it's a what the fuck are you talking about? So when Jules is just like, bro, you're not taking this shit serious. And she walks off. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Rue is very childlike, and I and I think Jules is a lot more uh, mature than than Rue can handle. I think that the lock eyes between the three of those is just like there's a lot there's a lot there, uh, a mm. lot to kind of kind of glean. I I really again Nate is f- so fucking insane though, but it's like there is something there with those two, and it's, I think it's that's very dangerous. Uh, speaking of of those two, we forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Euphoria got renewed for season two. Oh yeah, shit! How do we? Know? <laughs> How do we forget that? And, and you know, and you know, if if Euphoria is renewed for season two, Overly Medicated is renewed for season two. Yes. So all of the fans of Overly Medicated, you have us for a whole another season. Yeah. Whenever that decides to uh, release, we'll we'll definitely uh, be back. But uh, that's Jules for the week. I, I think that I mean the 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 biggest part of of, of this uh, happens within the Maddie Nate thread, which dominates this episode absolutely dominates this episode uh we finally see maddie's background it's very easy to see why she is how she is uh she as a child she did a lot of pageants uh she grew up basically basically being told that you know her shit does not stink but mm. beneath the veneer of that is a very toxic a very big cycle of, of a toxic relationship within her family and her personal life and with the men that she chooses um, she she's basically lashing out to find the type of love that she does not get within her own family. I remember uh, two episodes ago when when or uh, literally last episode when I said that she walked in her house. We never even saw her her parents. We only saw her like her dad sleep in the living room. And yeah, I said, yeah, hmm, that's, that's interesting. They're, ne- they're never around. Yeah, like they're never around. And now we see why. And uh, she just has a very tragic story uh, of her home life that makes a lot of sense. But boy, oh boy. Was she green in this episode? Very much so. And before any of the greenery even happened, I liked the origin of Maddie's story. Um, visually, visually a great, uh, again, great opening scene. Mm-hmm. And confidence, pretty much the opposite of um, what we had heard from Kat and her origin. This is a woman who was very well aware of her self-confidence at a very young age um, and used that. As she grew. Now, she gets clipped out of uh, the pageantry after the child molestation cases and then things like that. But that ends up being something that's a little bit less important um, compared to 
what we see as far as her being heavily influenced by her surroundings as well as her interests. Um, she notes that uh, her mom worked in a nail salon. Um, she always saw grown women coming in um, very rich, very affluent looking, kicking back and pretty much doing nothing, relaxing at a nail salon while her mom worked. And she pretty much wanted the same. She wanted the opposite of her mom as far as her life. Um, you see her watching a lot of Jersey Shore. Uh, <laughs> she noted, I mean, I mean, A1 television for one. So props to Maddie for being very well into early Jersey Shore. But which, which, which was kind of a little bit jarring to me because I'm like, God damn, I was like 18 when this came out. She's like a little kid. What popped me the most was um, her being a fan of Ginger from Casino. And I said, holy fuck. That's who she is, and all that's what it is. <laughs> in all in all caps, I said this uh, on my notes. I said that's who she is. Like that's yep. that is literally who she is. She's ginger, and it kind of hammer home the fact. And very like again, the show has a tendency to do be really good at points, and then like hammer it fucking home for you when she mm. gets the mink from Nate. And I was like, get the fuck out of here! Like I did not like that. I didn't like that at all. I, I think Nate buying her the mink. It's like how how did he even do it? The fact that Nate could afford them. We, we haven't really heard too much about Nate's pockets. Um, it, 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 regardless of that, like, come on. Like, come on. <laughs> the mink is a bit much for me for, for that. Just being, a, being obsessive. I mean, Nate, I'm not 100% surprised that he's obsessive enough to go get the damn mink I know, but, from I Casino. Know, but, I know, but writing-wise, it's just really weak to me. It's like, you can you can do that. Again, it's just like the time when, when Kat was in the principal's office. So you can you can show that. A different way than having him like and beating it over the head like she is ginger from casino i got enough from that from her watching the movie oh yeah the exact same scene the exact literally two seconds after nate buys her the mink and then she wears the mink later on in the episode it's so it was just i was just it took me out of it it was like that's not like first you know this this is supposed to be you know in a lot of ways steeped in realism you know this type of stuff happens I have a hard time believing that happens. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that that's real. Yeah, but, when she's when she's wearing the mink uh, a little bit later in the episode was an area that I was just like, oh dear God, <laughs> we're in this thousands yeah. of dollars mink. Yeah, it, it's humor. It, it comes off as like humorous, where it's, this, this is a tragic thing. This is a tragic thing that's happening. And it's mm-hmm. very, it's a very humorous scene. It's very humorous and also like heavy handed when she gets the mink. It's like I just again, I'm not gonna get hung up on a fucking mink here, but. I thought yeah, that that kind, of, that kind of took me out of the, the uh, flashback of it. But a lot of this uh, signals the toxicity between herself and Nate and the fact that these two for the whole episode are trying to get back or she more than anything is trying to find her way back to him to show him that she really cares about him. And uh, that pretty much fills up the whole episode with Nate on the other end. His father, uh, Cal, basically saying, you know, even questioning himself, you know, in, in the hotel room later on in the episode, like, what have I done? Like, what have I done to my my son? Like I see it in him. Like he sees the the rage and, and anger in him, but he can't do yeah. anything about it. And uh, the one thing that I knew was not going to get very far as far as Cal and Nate was his questioning. Um, after well, around the time that Nate starts to realize that this is going to become serious, um, when the police pull him out of class. Now, uh, when before that happens, you pretty much realize that when it com- when it comes to Maddie and Nate, it's it's a really difficult conversation because the green part of all this is the fact that Maddie really loves the power that she has over Nate in general. Episode four literally ends, well, almost ends as far as Nate's conversation. 
Um, her coddling Nate in her arms and just staring off, knowing that she has the 100% power. Mm-hmm. She loves the affection that Nate provides, the protection that he provides, and probably prefers the obsession that Nate provides over anything that she has more than likely seen in her life. And she gets more into detail in between that. But out of all of that, we learned that she's fucking capping. She wasn't the version at the time that they first had sex. Oh yeah. Rue tells a complete different story of what had happened in between that. And she fucked multiple guys around the time that they were having their numerous quote unquote breaks. I, I know you didn't like that break part. I mean, it's, 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 I feel like everybody, I feel like everybody's had that. I feel like everybody's had that break. <laughs> Hot has everybody had, I feel like everybody's had that break. Like that quick couple of, it might last like 48 to 72 hours until that text comes back. And then it's just like, all right, let's get it again. And then it's it, those breaks. Well, those breaks are expected at like 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, she's having sex with like super older guys at this point. She's, she's very much, again, searching for something that her parents do not give her. There's a scene where she's arguing with her mother saying, you know, this is, you don't even, you know, dad hasn't slept in that. You know, he slept on the couch for the past, you know, however many years. This is not what I want. Nate gives me a lot better than that. But she's not seeing the toxicity through it. And again, it's painful to watch. It's a very sad episode to see Maddie go through this uh, and essentially, you know, give up herself. I mean, there's a part where she's going off in the interrogation room. And I mean, shout out to Maddie's mom, by the way, MVP, for just basically saying, I know who did this and I'm pressing charges. Turn up. Yeah. Exactly. While while Maddie is literally screaming, please don't fucking do it. Oh yeah. my God, he's gonna we love each other. I was like, ah yeah, fuck that shit. Hey, hey. <laughs> Press charges, Nick. Yeah, yeah. She knows who did it. Everybody knows who fucking did it. And you know, I, I love that. I love that scene, but also, you know, just the fact that she she basically like, no, I'm not gonna take off my turtleneck. She has this fucking turtleneck on <laughs> because as you mentioned uh, earlier, all of the Molly that she took, all her serotonin was missing, and she had an eight. In days, so she gets that's Treating how herself like complete shit. Yeah, we thought that we thought that she snitched, uh, the, the, or she was going to snitch, uh, mm-hmm. at the end of episode four. But essentially, her own misfortune, her, her taking the molly is really what gave her away. They, they eventually tie her down to the table and take the uh pictures of her neck again. Nate's still lying, which is like to me, and I said this to you, like that's the easiest thing they can find is. You know, all they have to do is put his hand <laughs> literally on, you know, a mark or, or a picture of it to see that the 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 handprints are the same size. Like, I don't get why Nate's lying here. This could be and very bad, bad marks. Yeah, this could be very bad for him. And I put this in the notes. I was like, there is no way he continues to lie about this. This is going to come to a head very soon. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, very bad. But uh, with with Nate, this episode, again, he's suspended from school. Uh, and I mean, essentially, his, his cow, cow don't want to be a freak no more. And he's basically sees the error of his ways. <laughs> they suspended until the whole thing's over. And Cal, 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 Cal doesn't even want to fuck anymore. He was just yeah, he in that see. hotel room, just defeated. Yeah, bro. He in there with Chris Jericho. <laughs> Chris Jericho. <laughs> a horny Chris Jericho at that. Very, him. very too horny Chris Jericho. And he's just like, you know, I don't even want to do this shit no more. You know, I, I can't do it. I mean, I mean, Cal thinks that he's got, you know, he gets called to the school in the beginning of the episode. He literally runs in and throws up because he thinks. And throws up for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he thought Jules snitched on him. And I was just like, yo, why is it going to take niggas 
literally having sex with a child to, to realize that you're fucked up. That's so crazy. He saw that school and started shaking. He's like, oh, fuck, this is it, nigga. I'm about to fucking do <laughs> Bro, I was like, bro. He thinks it's something else, but it was actually his son uh, choking out his girlfriend. Which He's know. like, oh, shit, thank God. Uh, but I mean, I'm in on my breath. I, I don't know. I don't know if Cal if Cal is a redeemable person here. You you really start to kind of like feel bad for him in a certain situation, but then you kind of remember how all of this guy here. There's a little bit of passive aggressiveness between uh, how he treated his sons that kind of made it to be this way, and we heard that in the origin story of Nate. Um, we haven't had too much information about Nate's brother, of course, but um, things are starting to catch up to Cal and you want to feel bad about him in certain situations, but kind of don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I absolutely don't. No, I don't. I, I, I They're trying to make him redeemable. And I, I really cool. That's cool. Cause obviously there has to be uh, an adult that has a moral, you know, there's not no no one else's parents are that involved in the storyline is, is Cal. Obviously, he has to have a, a turn here. But again, again, don't don't make him redeemable. I think he's absolutely irredeemable. He fucks kids. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not really buying the oh man, I, I could have sworn, you know, keeping a double life and keeping shit private. I thought that was how you gotta do it. I was just like, are you serious? I was like, nigga. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, the irony of him telling his son to stay leveled and stay calm while he literally still has vomit on his breath from <laughs> hugging the toilet is something that was a little bit wild to me. And he doesn't fuck with cupcake, which was a little bit uh was a little bit <laughs> horny he heard the cupcake had, and he was Horny Chris Jericho had all the tunes. Put on the cupcake and started grinding. He's like, whoa, whoa, turn the shit off. What the hell? <laughs> what is this shit? Uh, cupcake. But essentially, the end of this this thread of this episode happens when Nate, or not Nate, beat, uh, Cassie and McKay get text from uh, from Nate, and Nate basically says, "Tell Cassie, or tell Cassie to tell Maddie to meet me here. Download this this app so that they can't track our uh, text messages." Again, mm-hmm. Nate knows how to do this all too well, and Maddie's not questioning it. But they meet each other at the and again, this this scene is sad, but also uh, a a little bit heavy handed. <laughs> but uh nate and cal just miss each other at the hotel uh where he's going to meet maddie at and uh as he hugs maddie he kind of looks up like uneasy and unsure but the whole time meanwhile jules is holding a rule again still unsure and uneasy these two yeah. are clearly not happy with where they're at and that ends the episode man yeah so much so much shit to take in yeah so I mean, so much shit to take in this episode. Obviously, next next episode will be the Halloween episode. Of course, you got to have a Halloween episode, uh, and we'll. It looks to be by HBO standards, this is where these kinds of shows kind of take off at. So I would expect something very big next episode. I feel like there's a lot of different ways. I feel like there's a lot of different areas that they can go in in this. Obviously, we've seen Maddie at her very very lowest. Uh, looking terrible, looking slump, treating herself bad, uh, literally stopping in the middle of the fucking freeway. Uh, as soon as she gets a text from Cassie to go meet Nate, I feel like a lot of the conversations that she's about to have with Nate, along with what she had um, talked about with her parents, is something that they can go in a whole lot 
and things are just going to get a whole lot more dangerous. Uh, we're going to see a lot of more McKay, of course, and, and, and hear his probably his origin story. Um, but that between himself and Cassie is going to be something that's very interesting. I did like the little bit of the Halloween preview at the end of the episode where you see Rue and Jules dressed up as husband and wife mm-hmm. uh, in their costumes. But Rue seems a lot less happy than she did in that skating rink. And who knows what conversation happens between Jules and Rue, but that is going to be something that is going to be very important uh, in episode six next week. But we've only got three episodes left. Yep. I'm, I'm excited. I'm still excited. You know, like, I, I, I will say this probably isn't uh, better than last episode, um, but I still enjoy it. I'm hoping that they stick the landing here. But Mark, I have to ask you, give me your green award for episode Five of Euphoria. Okay, one hundred percent. Number one, easy, easy, easy. Green award goes to Maddie. Okay, that's fair. I, I, number I'll, one, number one. Maddie is number one. Uh, I have to. You, you told me earlier, McKay is all automatically top three green whenever he appears on the episode. So where did he land in the top three this week? Uh, he is number three. Okay, I want to say he's number three. And who is number two? Ah, number two. Um, I'll say Cat's number two. You know what? I'm not very over. I, I feel like Cat was. I feel Cat was very green this week. Cat was very green this week to Ethan. Um, everything else seemed to be something that is going to be continuous in Cat's story. But the one thing that I kind of can't get over, <sighs> boy, Jules, Jules. I'm sorry. Oh boy! Wow, is this her first time being in the Green Award? Uh, she had. I, I think. I think she has to be number two. And the reason that I'm putting Jules at number two, um, things didn't go very well for Jules at the end of episode four. And confiding in Rue, sleeping over, and then feeling the ways that you feel in certain situations. It's almost as bad. Almost as bad. Not a hundred percent as bad or even more worse than how Rue has approached this relationship and been so enamored and, 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 and pretty much very youthful in her thinking as far as just being in love with Jules. I feel like there's a certain piece of it. So how does Jules get the green award here? How does she get number two then? If this is the case, if you're not a hundred percent certain that this is not oh if you are certain that this is not a relationship why are you at Rue's house okay why are you at Rue's house late at night continuing this got it got it I feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had as uncomfortable as it is and she's probably not doing it just based off the fact that Rue has been doing so well but the fact that all these conversations of, of, of positive affirmation that you've seen from Rue's friends from your parents as well Making that feel so uneasy and kind of putting that conversation off to the side, I understand why, but it's still green. But it's still green. Well, they're both selfish, so I would put Rue in there too. I put her slash slash two. Are we are we putting rules in there? Yeah, rules as a whole as one person is number two. They're green. Okay, okay, I'll understand that. I mean, that means that means cat drops off the top three, which I'm happy. No, about. no, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> She's she's top five this episode. She's gonna drop off. Okay, I'll, I'll do five as long as as long as cats protected and not top three this week. 
She's top, just not top three. Uh, that oh, is, dear God. That is uh, overly medicated for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Uh, thank you so much for all the support. Uh, as always, follow us at RNC Radio Live for all the latest and greatest from RNC Radio. Uh, we have a new playlists coming. We also have podcasts for myself and Meals. Uh, obviously, The Lookout is coming back. Uh, this week, they're going to Kame's house all summer. It's going to be a summer camp, so definitely check that out. Uh, we also have the A show this week, running over uh, a great show of WWE Extreme Rules and a lot more this week. So definitely check that out. Thank you again, Mark, for staying up very late and doing this. Well, thank you. I always love I always love doing it. Um, this is something that I feel like is going to be very good in these next few episodes of Euphoria. There's only three left, so... If there are those that are watching and aren't 100% certain about it, definitely do tune in for these last three episodes. I feel like they're going to end very, very well. And of course, J5 and myself have loved talking about it and putting people, a lot of people on. I feel like the one underrated feeling of a lot of this is seeing the feedback of like, yeah, we, I noticed that you are talking about euphoria and so on and so forth. I decided to check it out. It's really yeah. good. And, and all the conversations that it births from that, I feel like is something that I've been really appreciative about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I feel the exact same way. So thank you guys for starting the conversation and keeping us in the conversation of euphoria. Once again, uh, on over the, on over the medicated, I'm Justin for Mark. So next time you guys, See you next week, and please, please, please stay out of Rue's room. Peace. Peace.